The World Health Organization has given AFBD all clear, and we can now return you to our regular scheduled programming. And you're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 122, for the week of Wednesday, the 25th of June, 2014. I'm Ben, and with me for this episode are... Justin. And Eli. This episode is brought to you by Mike's Comics and Stuff and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, we take aim at rapid-fire reviews, and for our discussion topic, we break down the Sideshow Collectibles premium format Harley Quinn statue. gents, it's nice to be back after assorted bacteriological outbreaks, work travel and other assorted mishaps. We're finally back to our uh, regular scheduled programming. How are you? Yeah, all right. Not bad. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Feels like ages since uh, we've been in the same room together. Eli, what have you been up to? Well, you know, it's end of financial year and uh, all those cheap government agencies who don't want to spend money with you during the rest of the year or listen to you suddenly are really keen to give you money in a short period of time and expect um, quality work from you as well. So that's a bit of fun. You You might know some of them. I probably do, yeah. yeah. We're probably even one of them. No. no. We, don't, we don't go near your agency. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> so does that mean you put in the, the extra hours? And- uh, I'm, I'm pretty good at um, putting my foot down around um, if I do a regular work day and then I go and have a regular night's sleep, then I come back and I do another good regular day. Yeah. You fuck yeah. around with that and it starts to screw everything up. Yeah. Mm. The guy that heads up my technical team is, is awesome. He just he turns around to people and says, cheap, fast, or reliable, pick two. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> what have you been up to, Justin? I've had a mixed bag this week. Oh. I, uh, I played my first game of uh, laser tag. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, I had a lot more fun than a 40-year-old man should do uh, playing laser tag against kids. It, it's pretty cool, isn't it? Like it, it, I, it's I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I won a Milo eating competition. <laughs> uh, my silly, silly daughter tried to challenge me and it just I wasn't having any of it. <laughs> um, so I was able to eat a 200 gram, I think it is, Good tin grief. in four minutes. Um, Holy so you just so, eat the Milo, you don't have any milk with it. No, no, you're not allowed any liquid. If you go for the liquid, you're out. Wow. Okay, so for uh, for the for the non-Australians amongst us, uh, Milo is an, an Australian institution, and it's um it's probably the the, the lesser known cousin to uh, to Vegemite, and it's a what is it? It's a it's a chocolate malt powder that yeah. um, is is generally mixed in with um, water and or milk mm. to make uh, some some malt goodness. Yeah, that's been around for as long as I can remember, mm. and it's dry as hell if you're just trying it to is, eat it. It's, it is. That's what I was thinking. You, as soon as you said no liquids, I thought, "Geez, that'd be a good crunch in the mouth." Yeah, I was a machine. <laughs> I, was a, I wasn't losing. I got every opportunity to uh, to leave the competition before it started. 
I got her to ring her mum was at, who was at work and she was very impressed that we're having a Milo in competition. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. And I fell out of a tree. Oh, right. Okay, start with why you're up a tree to begin with. Um, I forget the name of it. It's on my lips. The trees that have the purple flowers that just... Um, Jacaranda. Yeah, I think it is Jacaranda, but it's the darker... Anyway, it's you're on the right track, I think. <laughs> and um, it's it's uh, this time of year it grows really high and almost reaches the gutter. So as I've done years before, just climb the tree with a handsaw and chop the branches that are closest to the uh, to the roof. Right. Um, and a foothold that uh, wasn't adequate for my weight <laughs> gave way. <laughs> And I fell down at every branch on the way and oh, whacked my head on the retaining wall. Oh. So I was knocked out for a little while. I was going to say you'd be lucky to come out of that unscathed. You've been given the all clear? Yeah, I had to go to hospital. My back was all smashed up and uh, it was pretty funny because I was just lying in leaves and branches. My son comes running down. <laughs> I said, mate, just can't get mum for a sec. She comes out and she goes, <laughs> stay calm. What's happened? <laughs> Did you fall out of a tree? Oh, jeez. <laughs> yes, 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 I've fallen out of a tree. I, I hope you've learned a valuable lesson from this. Yeah, use a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, amongst others. Yeah. That's been my week. Wow. Mm, okay. you, ben. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's been sort of a bit since I was on. Um, oh, a whole bunch of stuff from me. I've been attending comic conventions i've been getting sick uh i've been sexting justin um <laughs> uh yeah that was a bit of a <laughs> decided do we, do we want to know about that one uh, look i would never give you up because everyone is entitled to a mistake <laughs> if you want to go ahead and let the listeners know you can it was one of those situations where i just you know, just meant to send something to my wife and um, she's often the last person I texted. And so I just kind of, you know, quickly reached for my phone, tapped it out, pressed send and uh, got a, uh, a, an amusing message in return and just went, ah, crap, because <laughs> the last person I talked to was Justin. So, um, <laughs> but he was a good sport about it. So. Yes, I would never give you up, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm buying him dinner this week. <laughs> But no, in my household, um, there's five of us and uh, the other four were sick and I was the, uh, the proverbial last man standing in the, uh, in the fish pond and, yeah, just children are um, midget bacteria terrorists. They're just, uh, honestly, so I finally succumbed and, uh, yeah, it was pretty darn miserable. But, um, no, no, on the, uh, on the mend and um, was healthy enough to go to Supernova Comic Con last week and have a bit of a look around. Mm. So that was all good. It was pretty all good. good. I, was, I was there there the day before you. It was um, it was a bit of fun. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, significantly bigger than in past years. It actually felt like a real Comic Con this time. Yeah, yeah. It was. Um, I think they've expanded as well. It was certainly a long way to get to Artist Alley. Mm, mm. And then yeah. I, well, I went in there on the Saturday, and I went in to um, go and say hello to Nicholas Scott and, and yep, yep. Alan Davis, and was there as well. And I got there, and as I was getting there, I realised that there was a, um, a seminar thing that was going to happen with Nicholas Scott, and she was going to be talking about action figures. She had some of her um, her, her freebies that uh, DC had sent to there. Ah, excellent. 
and I got to finally found her table and I couldn't find where the seminar was and then the guy who was manning her table and Tom Taylor's table said, you got to go all the way back up there, up the <laughs> stairs, and I've just gone, we're not going to make it in time. So yeah. He shrugged his shoulders. <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, it was very good, very good. All right, well, sounds like uh, quite the, uh, the adventure since we last spoke. Hmm. All right. Well, why don't we move on and talk about some toy news. Toys, let's do it. Dragon Ball Z, the saga continues. Cosmic evil is on the rise. You and your friends are Earth's only hope. Will Goku and Trunks Super Saiyan power be enough this time? Gohan's in danger until Team Dragon Ball Z joins the fight. But wait, it's evil freeze. The Earth is still in trouble. Your friends are in for the fight of their life, but you won't let them down. The fate of the world depends on it, each sold separately. Well, before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news, and articulated news is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. We are not a comprehensive toy news service. These are just the stories that relate to the things we're interested in, and they might have caught our eye this week. Justin, what caught your eye this week? Okay, the first bit of news relates to Masters of the Universe Classics. Now, there was an ominous uh, message posted on their Facebook page saying that all toy lines must end. Mm. And then they further followed it up with uh, Sorceress in Eagle form with all manner of weapons falling out of her butt. Um, <laughs> That's what I thought. With a little caption <laughs> <laughs> saying the final year, uh, it's at 27th to the 6th at 9 a.m. on Maddie Collector, where collectors are king. <laughs> yeah, I have to argue the fact that. Trademark, trademark on that phrase as well. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that. Um, so. Yeah. If, if, um, it's finished, surely Maddie Collector closes. It's mm, not number a whole one left, is there? Yeah. No, there's not. And you know what? I, I think it is time to go. It's time to, it's time to wrap this puppy up. It's I was going to say, you, you're a, you're a pretty good fan of Masters mm. of the Universe. So, you know, is there enough left in, in the sort of the canon that, that you know, is there anything that you're really waiting on? Is there that sort of Ram Man still to come that you're like, yep, if I could just get that figure, I'd be done? Or uh, are you just, you know, pretty much done now? Yeah, well, the only three regular things I can think of that were released uh, originally were um, Ninja. We also have uh, Rio Blast, he's coming. Uh, there's also Blast Attack, and there was another one as well that escaped me. And I guess the movie figures to a lesser extent, extent as well that haven't been released yet. But this, I think the sub for this uh, the, this year or the next year, I should say, is going to be quite a hard sell. So mm-hmm. they're doing this to maybe get get in first, so to speak. So they're sort of you know bracing for the worst. I, I think it's going to be very hard because I can imagine that uh, after everything else, people would want to cherry-pick more than anything else now if there's only three or four figures left to finish the uh, the vintage original line, excluding Princess of Power and uh, Filmation. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose if it doesn't go through, they can just blame us and wrap it up. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's, it's been a great run. It's been <laughs> six six years, I think, seven, nearly seven years. The process hasn't been ideal, as we all know, but... Uh, you know, that's all. All good things must come to an end. Mm. I wonder what Scott Neatlit does now. Mm. Does he? You know, where 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 does he go? I mean, his his little sort of bailiwick is shrinking considerably, and yeah, 
I went over to He-Man Org to have a little read of what oh. the fan reaction would be, and it was basically trying to analyse word for word what it actually means. Does mm. this mean the end of the line? Does it mean only the end of the vintage line? Does I mean, it mean big... all toy lines end? Yes. Has <laughs> <laughs> the world run out of plastic? <laughs> yeah, that's it. And why does the sorcerer's bird have swords coming out of its wings? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. many unanswered questions. Uh, all right. What else is going on? Okay. Uh, the next bit of information comes from a company called Titan Merch. It announces Alien Titans Nostramo Collection. So basically these, what we've seen so far is Ripley in her jumpsuit, a uh, big chap, and the Ripley in the spacesuit. And they're basically a cross between, what would you say, pop vinyl and with uh, added Lego hands. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they're cute, and as I've scrolled down the little uh, press release here, we have <laughs> the characters that you'd expect from the first movie. We've got Brett Parker, we've got Lambert, Ash, and Chestburster Kane, Facehugger, the Egg, which is pretty cute. Um, I don't know. So they're saying that each figure is three inches blind boxed. Hooray. Um, yeah. They come with yeah. character-specific accessories. So. so this is the same outfit that does the Doctor Who blind box. Yeah, so. yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, John's been picking up some of the, the Doctor Who ones. So, so yeah. down the bottom, which will make uh, collectors even more happy, is that uh, plus four hidden chase characters for you to hunt and collect. Well, it's pretty cool because it looks like, you you know, as it says, you pretty much get the whole crew. So mm. it's, you're not one of those ones where, you know, they bring out half the crew and then you wait for Series 2 that never happens or um, at least they're not sort of dragging it out. Seems to you know, no. But all your key well, characters there. Yeah, I imagine they're quite uh, cute when they're together on the shelf, having the whole collection. Yeah. I think Parker looks pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's frustrating, though, because this is the sort of thing that, you know, if you're a, a, an alien fan, you go, great, the entire crew's there, so I'm going to start picking these up. And you start picking them up and you go, yeah, this is fantastic. I've now got, like, four Lamberts, mm. but I still haven't got Chestburster Cane. You know, yeah. I, I, the, I, I don't know the blind box thing. You know, I was picking up the uh, the Futurama ones, um, and from Kid Robot, uh, as well as the South Park ones. And I actually started getting Futurama Wave Two, and I got about three characters in. And I'm just not going to bother getting any more. I'll just start um, cruising eBay now because, you know, they they retail for around fifteen dollars a pop, and you just can't afford to pick up dupes for for that kind of you know coin yeah that's yeah definitely mm. yeah. It's, it seems that the alien license has really exploded over the last you know yeah. six to twelve months it's going to be cranking a few things out i wonder who gets some um, hr giga's money now yeah I'm sure he's got a family the mm. estate that's right very good all right and an interesting one yes <laughs> uh put the kids to bed uh cosplayer Mm. Mm. At Tenure Tate launches Indiegogo.com campaign to fund My Hero Toys vinyl figure line. Tenure's really got a finger on the pulse because, you know, not many people are making these uh, sort of pop vinyl inspired figures. I guess her main selling point is their blank. Um, if you want to go and have a look, it's on myherotoys.com. And you can go and check out Tanya Tate and all her glory. And uh, <laughs> just be careful what you type into the uh, Google search. Too, mm, mm. Uh, we yeah. don't want to redirect anyone, especially if they're at work. 
Look, they certainly look fun, but I mean, you know, this is something that's aimed at the adult collector because uh, you know I can't see an eight-year-old girl buying into a line like this and then sitting there and drawing all over them with markers um, to try and make it into something, you know, you know, usable or, or identifiable. Certainly, the the finished ones they've they've got on the uh, the page look quite good, mm. but um, I would have thought they'd actually bring out a few that were already done in you know, create half a dozen characters or something off the top of your head and, and put those into the line rather than just um, doing blank figures in different colours. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, so there's varying levels, reward levels, you know. Some of them are, you know, an actual customised version of Tanya Tate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the starter level is 25 bucks if you actually want to get hold of one of these um, blanks. Um, 25 US so it's, it's not exactly you know uh, a cheap thing to do no they look, like, they look like they're about what five five inches maybe yeah uh, yeah I believe that's about what they are yeah um, yeah oh okay I mean look you know they, they look fun good luck to her mm. not quite mm. sure what gap in the market they're trying to fill but... their retirement fund <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> Well, 20, 27 days left, and there's still a good eighteen, nineteen thousand dollars required. Yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. We'll give it a bit of a pimp. Go along and have a look if that's your thing. <laughs> give it a pimp. Give it a pimp. <laughs> oh, there's so many jokes. She's yeah, got a five yeah. inch plastic in her hand. Blah blah blah. Uh, Could have jumped in. I'm trying to stay. <laughs> nice and quiet. All right. I'll, uh, I'll 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 bring it back down to you. <laughs> Family level, and um, well, you know, in our Funko sponsored segment of the news, uh, <laughs> that is a joke. We aren't sponsored by Funko. It just seems they're bringing out so much stuff that we talk about them every week. Um, but Funko's um, debuted a, a shot of some reaction Nightmare Before Christmas figures, um, and I say this every time Nightmare Before Christmas merchandise comes up. Who's buying it? Like this, uh, the movie was good. Yeah, uh, it wasn't great. It was it was good. It was fun, mm. but what is it? It's like twenty years later, and they're still cranking out merchandise. It's the little line that could. It's uh, every year. There's something going on. Apparently, it's big in Japan or something like that. Yeah, I think Tim Burton has a huge following in Japan. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, well, anyway, these are as it says, they're reaction figures. So they've got that sort of, um, you know, that vintage look. Uh, carded figures, um, really nice cards. I actually think the cards are nicer than the figures. Mm. They look quite good, mm. and in particular, I like how the um, you know, the reaction is actually done like the old Toll Toys logo. Or yeah, yeah, uh, I've seen a couple of the reaction figures around in in shops now, and you know, they they look pretty cool. Um, I think these ones look particularly good of the stuff that we're seeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, they they look great, and uh, if this is your thing, I mean, I know a lot of people who've been buying the the reaction figures. Um, and it seems like you get the, the full crew. There's Jack Skellington, there's Sally, the Mayor, um, the Behemoth, Barrel, and the Devil, available in August, mm-hmm. if that's your thing. But um, giving Funko some credit, I mean, they, they went from pop vinyls to then bringing out sort of reaction figures, which is, uh, you know, another brand, and now they're doing their legacy, which is, you know, their foray into the six-inch market, and, I mean... This could be the, the new company, mm. the one that fills that gap that Mattel and Hasbro clearly 
I wonder if the uh, the licenses <coughs> that they get for pop vinyl had they if they have some sort of deal to transition because if they do, <laughs> unstoppable. Well, that's right. Yeah. Speaking of which, mm. <laughs> you know, every, every week we announce a new pop vinyl and we go, are there any licenses left for them to do? Well, yes. I wonder how many times we've actually said that. Um, it turns out pop vinyls uh, were coming from uh, Dragon Ball Z. So if you're a Dragon Ball Z fan, get your pennies ready because uh, they've got five characters on the go. Actually, no, it's um, seven, all seven. Um, so, ah, uh, look, you've got Goku, you've got, um, I think it's, is it, how do you pronounce it? Is it Freezer? Free, Freezer? I don't know. We need Adam. Yeah. Perfect Cell, Piccolo, uh, Vegeta. Vegeta. Vegeta looks Vegeta. good. Vegeta. I like that eye thing. Yeah, it's quite clever. This is interesting, actually, because a lot of the pop vinyls, they can get away with, um, a lot of reuse. But, uh, there's a couple of sort of novel sculpts on some of these that clearly indicate that, um, you know, they, they, this is a whole new sculpt, like that perfect cell, you know, the, um, the headpiece, that's all brand new, so. Foldy arms new? Dunno. Dunno. Hmm. Anyway, look for those in August as well. Um, at least they said August and they're not, I'm not seeing, uh, summer or. Anyway, um, and in the last bit of news, and it's quite the uh, the peculiar one, um, Warner Brothers has announced a, a deal, like a, some collaboration with the, um, is it Sanrio, who do Hello Kitty, and they are bringing us a line of DC Comics supervillains um, and Hello Kitty, um, I guess crossover. That's what you want to call it. Anyway, in other words, it is basically, uh, looks like we've got Supergirl, Batgirl, and Wonder Woman done as Hello Kitty figures. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I got nothing. Pass. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm Look. not sure we'll see them. Um, being as how the, it seems like it's, um, Warner Brothers, uh, sort of Asia. Outlet EMEA, I think that's what's that Europe, Middle East, and Asia. Mm, mm. So it might be targeted for Japan and those places. Well, given how popular Hello Kitty is, um, you know, uh, I'll give credit to DC for thinking outside the box and, and going for some new territory um, and, you know, taking a brand that those consumers are familiar with and then putting their own brand on it uh, seems like a pretty logical way to go. Um, looks like in addition to the three that I mentioned, you're also going to get uh, a Catwoman, a Poison Ivy, and a Harley Quinn. So all the girls, which is really thankful because I wonder how far Scott would actually go in his Aquaman quest if they did an Aquaman Hello Kitty. He'd be first in line. <laughs> we can say that because he's not here. <laughs> Anyway, it doesn't say much about uh, when we can expect to see those, um, but yeah, uh, I don't know what else to say, so I'm going to move on and hand over to Eli. <laughs> All right, uh, Lego uh, has announced that they are um, going to be releasing a thing called Lego Fusion, and it's uh, getting into trying to blend the real with the digital and what it is is it's a system whereby you get a special plate that um, has some sort of specialness about it whereby uh, cameras and, and tablets with decent cameras in them um, can recognise 
um, the plate and the bricks and colours of things that are built on them, assuming that you have this Lego Fusion app installed. Mm. Uh, and so it takes the thing that you've built in the physical world and takes it into digital world and theoretically it can be put, brought into um, a Lego game world. So the base plate that, that it comes with is not a big thing. Uh, I guess that is probably about 12 by 12 maybe. Um, but, you know, it's pretty cool. It's the start of something. Oh, yeah. I'll give them full credit for, for thinking outside the box. Um, I think this is quite clever. And, you know, given how much time kids spend playing with iPads and stuff mm. like that. Mm. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see um, where they go with this. Interesting. Yeah. And if you're not sure, if you head on over to the, the website, there's actually a nifty little video that shows how it works. Yeah. And it's um, that's quite clever. Also <laughs> in the news is, now this thing looks really cool. It's the Aliens M577 Armoured Personnel Carrier. Uh, one to one eighteenth scale. Um, no, one to one to eighteen scale. Um, vehicle, so it's 20 inches long, so what's, <laughs> what's that? That's about um, 50 yeah, centimetres. Um, it is a big armoured personnel carrier. This is from Aliens, the second movie, isn't it? It is. Yeah, and um, it's spectacular looking piece of kit. I'd, if I found this for a good price, I'd be interested, but <laughs> it's $500 yeah. or as mm. $62 a month if you use an option payment plan. Wow. 350 pieces worldwide, and there is also um, an exclusive version that comes with some alien roadkill, <laughs> which is pretty uh, cool. Hollywood did you, collectibles. Um, did you know that this was actually a uh, a real working vehicle? I don't know. They, for the for the movie, they did actually build a vehicle that could actually be driven like a normal car. I think it got up to because it was so heavy, it got up to about 25 miles an hour, and they actually. Took it out on the highway and cranked it up just to see what they could actually do. It looked, I guess that gave it that realistic, we're in space, can't drive very fast. Yeah, I think the mm. biggest disappointment for me in this film was you never got to see those guns in action. Mm. It's got all these, you know, it's got this turret on the roof and this groovy little turret down the front. And man, I just wanted to see that, you know, those guns cranking. But Trying to shoot the scuttering aliens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did like this vehicle, you know, from the minute it sort of it came off the ramp of the dropship and did its thing, but um, not for that kind of price. Mm. Another thing in the exclusive is um, is a big print of the um, the blueprints and spec sheets, which yeah. is it's pretty large piece as well. Nifty. Mm-hmm. Look, I like it, but for five hundred bucks, I, I either want some lights or some sounds or you know Road something. Control. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's, but still, 50 centimetres is big. It's big. It's a block. <laughs> um, and the last bit of news that we've got is from DC Collectibles. We have seen um, some shots of the latest Batman black and white figures. These are statues by Dick Spring for Batman and Joker. So the, I guess the earliest interpretations of Batman we've seen in this line. Mm. Um, and good that Dick Sprang is getting the um, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Recognition. The recognition, <laughs> the attribution as well as the artist yep. for these. Um, look, I th- I really want to like these. 
Um, but I, I don't know. I just I can't love them. But- yeah, he's. Um, I mean, he's Batman. Is he's Batman? It's you know I've always known he's Batman. But his Joker is, um, I guess, as close to the original sort of interpretation from the playing card as as you're going to get. But it's it's so far away from the Joker we've known to to you know be the the standard like the definitive Joker we have mm. now that it seems quite dated. And as a matter of fact, I was just watching the Brave and Bold Brave and the Bold episode this morning with the Joker in it, and of course that's Dick Sprang inspired, and and you know I was loving it. But um, yeah, look, I find this a bit hard too, and and I feel guilty. Like I feel yeah, you know, it's weird. It's like it hasn't yeah. translated well to three D. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, yeah, it is what seventy. Uh, 74, 75 years old, the, yeah, yeah. the art that this is based on. Yeah, and of course Dick Sprang was one of the first artists to actually um, take over the book once um, once Bob Kane, you know, fucked off and, and kept his name on the on the comic and, you know, Dick kept drawing it and didn't get any credit for it. Um, yeah, but I mean, I actually don't mind Dick Sprang's Batman, so I don't know why these aren't jumping out at me. And as I said, I feel a bit guilty because, you know, this is the, the, the foundation that everything I've come to love has been built on. So yeah. I should have more admiration for them, but um, I'm just not feeling it. Yeah, maybe they'll look better in person. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, fair so enough. That's, that's the news. Quite the mixed bag this week. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, that wraps up the articulated news, and we'll be right back with the next instalment of the AFB podcast game, Name That. Did you miss me? Because I missed you. We're back with another installment of Name That. And, you know, we may need some reminding of what the last time was because it's been a couple episodes. So we're going to put that sound right here. You can take control. Arm the weapon tower. Launch the net. Stop the henchmen. And put Mr. And I may have needed some reminding myself because I wasn't quite sure if I remembered it. But if you were over at the forum... um, Lukey Luke and Kalsor kind of worked together to figure this one out a bit and figured out it was a Lego bat cave. So, uh, good job, guys. Really good work there. Now, we'll have to put in a new sound and, you know, it's been a while, so maybe we'll make this one a little tougher than, than normal. Maybe not. Um, you guys always surprise me when you, you get these and sometimes you get them right away, sometimes you don't. But, uh, we'll put the new sound right here. But be warned. These guys don't just kick butt, they slam it, crush it, and trash it. And now they're even bigger. And as always, one more time. But be warned, these guys don't just kick butt, they slam it, crush it, and trash it. And now they're even bigger. Well, I'm sure you guys by this point know that uh, how this game is played. You go on over to afbforum.com and you make your guess. If you get a guess, you get a point. And if you get a point, you can trade those in for all sorts of cool um, online merchandise. Well, maybe not cool. Well, maybe virtual merchandise would be a better way to say it. But um, forum points are much coveted, so uh, just keep that in mind. And... If you'd rather play a picture version, come on over to 
tvandfilmtoys.com on Tuesdays and Thursdays where we play the picture version. And Lukey Luke, once again, um, he was playing a particularly tough one, identifying a small revolver-type pistol at TV and Film Toys, and he got a point in the forum for that as well. And I have to say, well done, because that one was really hard. So, uh, good job there again. And as always, I'm Engineer Nerd saying peace out. Mr. Freeze and the Penguin are taking over the new Lego Batcave. You can take control, arm the weapon tower, launch the net, stop the henchmen, and put Mr. Freeze on ice. It's up to you to reclaim the Batcave. You control the action. With a new Lego Batman collection. Now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. This week, we're doing rapid-fire reviews, where we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail, and in just five minutes, we talk about what we think of that item. And, Justin, you are off and running. Cool. The pressure. Okay, this is... My review is going to be on Masters of the Universe Classics, Battle Lion. Battle Lion was a trusty... Well, I was going to say steed, but it's not right, <laughs> is it? The trusty beast. Works for me. Beast of Burden, yeah, for King Grayskull, and he was first introduced in the 2002 series. I believe it was season two. I can't remember. I think it was a Power of Grayskull episode. Um, so this particular item comes from Mattel, in case you didn't know, uh, released in May as the, I believe, the first quarter oversized um, beast vehicle, <laughs> whatever it's called. <laughs> Now, the price on this bad boy was 35 bucks US. So the prices are really creeping up there, which, you know, the end of the line can't come soon enough for me because it's getting a bit ridiculous with postage. Mm. It comes to nearly 50 smackers for this. Um, the type of packaging is the stock standard uh, packaging we've already received for Panthor and uh, Battle Cat. So it's a large style window box that once you sort of open it, it's open for good. Oh, no, well, you can close it again, but you've got to put in the plastic sheet and the rest of it. <laughs> now, um, with this, it's the stock standard uh, green grayscale font or lack of better, better term. It's the, it's the normal one River C since 2008, so it's not going to stand out in any sort of collection for mint on card guys. Now, the sculpting on this is Battle Cat, as you'd expect, but with a large mane, hence Battle Lion. <laughs> now, it's it's kind of cool because it's true to form from until even going back to when it was original run, you know, just paint something else and call it another name. So that's basically what they've done except added the mane. And you with this, you also get the 2000-inspired saddle, headguard, and... Feet gauntlets, yeah. is it? Yeah, feet shields. I don't I'm know. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now the paint on mine is quite nice. The shading of green, sort of a two-tone green effect all the way across. It's really nice. There's no overspray. There's no slop. 
it's pretty good. I mean, it's a, it's sort of like a, a two-tone colour, so they couldn't really stuff it up too bad. <laughs> now, the face and the rest of it's really painted nicely. Um, not really much more I can add for the paint. It's it, it's pretty plain. The the red, I guess it's casted red, so it's there's no paint available to talk about there. Now, the number of points of articulation <laughs> is about 20, I think, if we're including the hinge jaw. So... <laughs> About 20 points of articulation. Um, I just mentioned in the script as well, it's a bit clunky as you expect. It takes a while to pose to get like a really good pose out of him because the amount of articulation in the ankles and the knees, it's sort of a double-jointed knee situation going on at the back. So it takes a little while to stand him up. Um, I really don't have much more to add than that. It's... I'm sort of glad to have him because King Grayskull now has a beast. I'm, I'm really interested in, in the beasts and the um, the vehicles that come out in the in the classics line, and this is a really welcome collection. Uh, just on a funny note as well, my wife doesn't come into this room much, and she came in and saw that uh, Shearer's uh, unicorn was in here the other day, <laughs> and she's like, "When did you buy a pink and blue unicorn?" <laughs> With with beautiful wings, and I said, no, it's always been here. It's been here for ages. What are you talking about? <laughs> Long, yeah. mm. <clears throat> Moving on to <laughs> to the dolly rating. Look, I can't fold it. It's it's inspired by the cartoon. It, it looks like it's just come out of the uh, the the actual series. It's it's really nice. It's what you'd expect from a beast if they were going to do one from based on on Battle Cat. And with that, I'd have to give it about. I don't know, eight and a half out of ten. I can't really lose too many points or can't really explain why. Just uh, feeling about an 8.5 for me. <laughs> 8.5 out of ten. Yeah. Very good. It's, it's nice, I must say. All right. Very good. Thank you for that, Justin. No worries. Moving on, we'll hand over now to Eli. Let me get my trusty timer started <laughs> so you don't take more time than you are allocated. All right, sir, you are underway now. Okay, I am uh, reviewing the, wait for it, the DC Universe animated movie Justice League War action figure, Wonder Woman. (laughs) DC collectibles really like their long names at the moment. Um, Compared to uh, the DC Comics designer series, Greg Capullo action figure series. (laughs) Um, So DC collectibles, this was just released uh, this week, 2014. Um, it is an action figure in the six-inch scale range. Uh, I paid, uh, well, it was retailing for 30 I paid a few dollars less because of the discount I have at my comic shop. Um, and that is probably about $5 or so cheaper than most of the other DCC stuff at the moment. And I will explain why I think that is. So... Packaging for this is different to the uh, most of the DCC stuff we're seeing. It's a blister card, and um, the size of the blister is the size of, uh, let's say, the Greg Capullo series box, um, but it's sitting on a blister card. Now, I don't know why they've done that with this, um, but all the other styling of the um, packaging is the same. It's just now got a card on it with some of the um, artwork from the animated movie. I I should say this is part of the Justice League War animated movie character designs. Um, So it's not collector-friendly. It's a blister card set up. 
Okay, so this is the sculpt for this is pretty nice. As I said, it's in the six inch range, so it's actually a little bit more. It's about six and a half or 17 centimeters. And it is, um, I'm not sure, I forget the name of the actual designer of the figure, but um, James Tucker was involved with um, the movie, Justice League War movie. So I assume he's had some sort of role in making uh, these look part of um, the DC new universe. Now, the. Um, it's an animated style figure, so there is not as much detail as you might expect with some other figures, and there's some stylistic licenses uh, with it. Uh, for instance, there's the legs are longer than um, most figures in this range, and the waist is extra thin, so it's almost like an anime style, animated. Um, so the colour choices are pretty cool. It's um, it's a sort of a dark paley blue with um, normal red and the silver details as per the character designs for this figure. Now the quality of the paint application though is is um, there's some problems with it, and one of the problems is is essentially paint is used rather than sculpting details. So the gloves. The, um, that go up the biceps and the um, thigh-high boots, they're not actually sculpted at all. It's all paint. And the um, all the armour, uh, so the gauntlets and the tiara and the knee pads and the ankle bracelets, it's all painted on with silver paint and black mm. details. Now, it's in some instances it's done really well. In others it's like, oh, yeah, that looks a bit bad <laughs> and the, the the most notable area is on one knee the silver and the blue just don't match up but the most notable part is actually where the blue thigh-high boots bleed into the the flesh so there's it's 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 not like so bad that I'm going to cry, but it's like, oh, okay. And and I think this is one of the key reasons of why this is a cheaper figure uh, than the usual DCC um, fairing. Articulation, again, it's not as much articulation as the new DCC figures. It's about 10 or 12, 10 if you, so there's no ankle or wrist uh, articulation. There are, there's knees, there's ball jointed um, hips, I guess, where the legs meet the, the hips. Um, there is ball jointed shoulders, ball jointed head. Um, the elbows have got bend and rotation, so I don't. You don't have wrist rotation, but you've got double jointed um, elbows, which is pretty cool, useful. Uh, and a cute thing is that the ponytail is actually articulated, so there's a little bit of it's like a mini ball joint in there. Thirty seconds. Um, the playability, posability. It's a, it's it's okay. It's um, it stands up. And another thing I've noticed is the DCC figures don't have um, uh, base plates, uh, accessories. It comes with a sword and a glow in the dark lasso. These figures come with glow in the dark features, and this one is the lasso which is attached. And I didn't know until I spent time putting it in the light and sticking it in the dark. <laughs> um, Dolly rating, I'm probably going to give this about a seven, seven and a half um, because of the paint apps, um, but I'm not going to penalise it too much because it is a cheaper figure. Um, yeah. Very good. Very good. And, and so what was the inspiration behind picking it up? It's, is it because you watched the movie and you liked it? You're a Wonder Woman fan? You just like the stylized look? 
It's uh, essentially um, after talking to Nicola, I'm on a bit of a Wonder Woman kick. <laughs> and when this figure was solicited months ago, um, however long it was, uh, I actually thought, yeah, I kind of like the look of that because um, it was a different style. It wasn't, you know, I, I'm not attached to DC animated films because they're very formulaic and it's only whatever they can fit in 75 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was pretty cool and I just thought it was a striking version of the character to have. Um, and, and as I, you know, although the, the paint application is really symptomatic of the lack of sculpt, I, I think this thing looks good on the shelf. I still like it um, regardless. Interestingly, when I saw it on the shelf or when I first laid eyes on it in the package, the first thing it reminded me, it was kind of like a um, Street Fighter figure in that, mm. The thighs looked a little bit sort of chunkier and the thin waist. And I thought, oh, it looks kind of cool. But it's, mm. it's it's not really that. But, um, yeah, it's good. It stands up. Same scale as, say, the Terry Dodson Wonder Woman or the Darwin Cook Wonder Woman. Yep, yep. So it's all good. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, thanks, for gents. Well, that wraps up the Toy of the Week. And when we come back, we'll be talking about the new items we've added to our collections this week. In trouble! Scramble the Storm Eagle! Young Storm Eagle has a hidden water cannon that shoots up to 20 feet. But the Cobra Liquidator's making a splash, and the Parasite's launching catapult missiles. Mobilize the Patriot! It's the G.I. Joe Patriot with a huge mortar cannon that really fires! G.I. Joe Patriot, Storm Eagle, Cobra, Parasite, and Liquidator sold separately. I found the Barracuda! But Duke's gone! So glad you could join us! <laughs> Well, we're all here because we collect, and feeding the addiction is where we take the time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisitions or pre-orders we've made. Justin, what have you picked up? This week, I got the official handbook of the Marvel Universe. Now, I'm not too sure what version is. You might be able to help me out, Ben. It's the one before the Master Edition, so it's the actual... I've I've got so many versions, I can't keep track of which is which. Yeah, I think this is version two or three. I'm not too sure. Okay. It's uh, it's a fun read. Long forgotten characters and, yeah. and backstories they put in. I always love even DC's Who's Who. I love reading through those. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it all, not so much this one, but the, always the covers, the wraparound covers, always uh, fun to look at. Yeah. yeah. I've got the um, the one that came out uh, where you could stick them in the binders. Yeah. And every now and then I flip through the binder going through looking for, you know, ideas for customs and stuff and you see characters that you haven't thought about in years. No, that's the one, the binder's the one that they give you three shots, isn't it, from the side, the back and the front? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, Also got some custom fodder and uh, along with Battleline, I got uh, that uh, household name, Master of the Universe Classic Scorpia (laughs) and... Running along with the Scorpion theme, I'm not too I'm not too sure if this was an artist specific, but it came at the end of the Spider-Man Classics line, and it's the Venom that has the Scorpion tail. Oh, okay, yep. Um, and he's uh, if he can overlook the Scorpion tail part of it, which comes out anyway, he's basically made it to the shelves as the go-to Venom, and he's replaced oh, okay. the uh, the Sinister Six. I think that Venom that was in that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's actually quite a good uh, base for, for custom. So see what happens with Tiger Shark after <laughs> San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. And I basically have the, the bases for all three ready to go. So if they don't do it, I'll do it myself. 
Excellent. Good on you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit like that, isn't it? I, I was looking at a, a base for um, Radioactive Man. Yeah. By that, I mean the um, the Marvel Asian dude, not the guy from The Simpsons. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I was sitting there, and then, they, of course, they announced him, and I had a saber-tooth put aside to do a tiger shark, and it's just sitting there waiting and wondering what's happening. <laughs> all right, Eli, you made out like a bandit. Yeah, I got since the last time. It's not all this week, but yeah, there's been a, quite a few things I picked up. So I mentioned last time I did feeding the addiction that um, I had an artifacts flash statue on the way. That officially is my first statue, I guess. Hurrah! <laughs> it's pretty nice. Um, we were uh, Scott was reviewing the um, designer series um, Riddler and and Talon and Batman and uh, Nightwing. Um, I picked up Riddler straight after that, but they'd sold out of Talon. <laughs> um, but Talon came in uh, last week. They got a reorder. So I've got Talon in the box ready to open. I can see there's a little bit of gold paint splash on him. Yeah, mine had a bit on the nose as well. Does yeah, that character so- suffer from pinhead syndrome? He looks a bit, the head looks a bit smaller than oh, like I think for it's, a guy in a mask. I think uh, maybe it's just because of the way they've sculpted his neck. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I mentioned I got the JLA uh, War Wonder Woman. Um, I have pre-ordered the Earth 2 Wonder Woman, the Nicholas Scott one. Um, also pre-ordered the Black Terror figurine from Golden Age Figurines. Oh, yeah, very nice. Really looking forward to that. So we saw some production pictures of that. Um, uh, Jared will be very happy with those. He's only, I think he's only producing 175 of those. So I'd be getting onto that one if I was if I was interested. And I think there's also a, a, a deal with the um, Stardust figure. You can still pick those up. Yeah, yep. But uh, one of the most prized possessions I've picked up in the recent weeks is the Jack Kirby New Gods Artist Edition from IDW. Very nice. Oh. It is such a good book. I just found myself staring at the cover for about <laughs> ten, 10 minutes this afternoon going, wow. There is something about his artwork that just draws your eye in to every, every corner yeah. of every panel. There is always something going on. Uh, it's, yeah. it's something about the the heavy brow line he draws on on mm. men and the the uh, exaggerated stance that's a bit clunky and quite quite beautiful to look at. And just those monstrous splash pages. Mm. It's <laughs> it's really really interesting to see the difference in styles as well between Mark Royer and Vince Coletta and. Um, and seeing uh, the actual how Kirby penciled and whether if he'd inked himself, what did it actually look like? Because you know some of the guys just got more efficient in how they handled his work. And yeah, that's right. This book does a. I think Mike Royer's his pages are a lot cleaner, whereas Vince Coletta, there you can see a lot more of the pencils underneath. It's it's yeah. Oh, okay. Hours hours of viewing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I suppose you know, it takes a book like this for, to really sort of bring out the the detail because the um, the you know the, the printing um, quality at the time was so poor that uh, you just lose so much in in the of the detail is lost. Mm. So yeah, I'm happy chappy with that one. It was it wasn't cheap, but definitely worth it. 
Mm, very, oh, yeah, very nice. Very nice. Yeah, well, um, oh, I've had a bunch of stuff. I'm, I'm spreading it out a bit. But um, I got a message saying that my Marvel Legends Guardians of the Galaxy Star-Lord and Nova Prime um, were uh, in and being billed and shipped all in the same sort of email, and um, that was from <laughs> Amazon. And it, Amazon's all over the place with their shipping. Um, they still have some of the worst shipping I've ever seen. They basically stick the figures in a box. They put one of those little um, air balloon mm. things in with it, and then yeah. the box proceeds to you know smash about in the box as it <laughs> travels around and pops the little air balloon. And yeah, if you but, weren't um, if you weren't an opener, you you wouldn't be buying through. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, but anyway, they arrived, and um, oh look, I'm actually pretty impressed. The Star Lord's actually quite a nice figure. Uh, this is, of course, the um, you know the the movie inspired one. So he's got sort of the trench coat, etc. And one of the main reasons I got the figure is because it has the swap out heads, and one of them comes with the mask. Because I thought if um, that, that was the only version we were going to get, I'd uh, I'd make a custom. But of course, now there's a uh, Abnett and Lanning version in the San Diego Comic Con. Exclusive, which I'll probably never manage to obtain. Um, the other one, of course, is the Nova Prime, which is just an updated version of Nova. And um, I've got the the other version they did, but this one's actually superior. It's actually a really nice looking fig- um, figure in, in terms of um, the you know the sculpting of the helmet and whatnot. So they've updated it quite nicely. And I got uh, the left arm and the right arm of Groot. Oh. And uh, since I have no overwhelming desire to pick up any of the other figures in the wave, um, it'll be very interesting as to whether I ever own a Groot builder figure or not. <laughs> so, because uh, I don't know that it'll be that easy to hunt down those parts, and we'll see. But anyway, the other thing that I picked up was, of course, the Sideshow Harley Quinn premium format statue, which um, we'll be talking about a little bit later, so I won't go into detail about that. I think that's it. That's a pretty good uh, haul for this week, fellas. Mm. Yeah, not bad. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Well, if no one has any other items to report, let's go and award another red card to something or someone in the toy universe. What is this, bizarro world? Well, red card, it is a chance to poke fun at the WTF moments in our hobby, be they unusual announcements, a complete fail action figure, or something worse. And handing out the penalty this week is Justin, so I'll hand over to Justin in a minute, but um, uh, like many of you, I've been attempting to collect the Lego Simpsons minifigures, and uh, I have to say I'm one of the worst blind bag feelers ever. Um, You know, I can be convinced that it's figure A and then I purchase it and I'm not even close. But um, Justin, you've got something so much worse. Yeah, basically it's it's hard enough, especially the Lego Lego, uh, Simpson series, the most recent one that's come out. I collect these for my seven-year-old. We have fun doing it. He's always uh, quite surprised when there's a new character. Sometimes I just purchase them and, and have him have them at home for a treat for him if he's been a rather good lad that week. <laughs> and I always do this by filling the package. It's what we up to Series 14, so I've become quite good at it. When we started, I used to have uh, my kids help me all the time, but they've grown out of uh, even talking to me at this stage. <laughs> so I went to Kmart to – this is a couple of weeks ago, mind you. went to Kmart to purchase some uh, Simpsons minifigures to add to the collection. And when I went up to have a look at it, 
it, them rather. It was they were individually packaged in little alarm boxes, <laughs> so it could only mean that people have been uh, stealing them in great amounts, or they're sick of half-open packets. Um, but I thought it was a bit of poor form. It obviously takes the fun out of uh, what should be a fun sort of thing to do. And for that reason, we are giving Kmart the red card of the week. Now, I've been to other Kmarts, and the other ones don't do this. So it, if it was a particular problem with that store, I was out in the boondocks a bit um, up where I live. I was out a bit about uh, a bit north, so there was some <laughs> northerners that they have to deal with, but I don't know. I, I still find it a bit a bit funny and a bit weird that they do something like that. So they're, they're individually packaged in a way that you, you have no no tactile ability whatsoever. Like you... No, it's a hard perspex case, and the alarm situation is a little grey box, so there's a special lock, I guess, at the register that you put it in sort of like a pin thing that they have for clothes. And once you do that, they can pop it open and you can make the uh, $5 purchase of a Lego minifigure. <laughs> so so in order to buy one figure, you have to go and get a staff member who then comes and de-alarms it and opens it up and hands it to you and yes. you hope that it's not your, you know, fourth ARPU. That's it. That's it. That's exactly right. <laughs> So, I, needless to say, I just walked out. I, I really couldn't be bothered. You know, what would be really cool is if, if you had enough time on your hands and you were a bastard, mm. you could actually go, oh, I'd like to buy one of those, please. And then when they take it out and open it up and hand it to you, you just feel it and go, oh, no, that's Grandpa. I've already got him. Can I do another <laughs> one, please? I had the exact same thought. <laughs> just to teach him a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> that's really pretty ordinary, isn't it? It's um, Yeah, you have to kind of wonder, taking that kind of action... Um, you know, what potential sales are you losing? So, yeah, okay, you, you've had a few stolen, you've had a few ripped open, you know, what, five, ten. But how many sales are you losing, um, you know, in comparison? That's an interesting choice. Yeah, I'd have to thank the people at my local Bilo for actually opening half a dozen of them. So when I went down there, I could just have a little peek inside the package yeah. to see uh, to see. <laughs> to see what was in there to make that purchase of a character I didn't have. Because surely if you saw them and you saw that they were sealed sealed up like that, you might go, okay, well, while I'm here, I'll get one. But then the next time you actually wanted to buy two or three, you just wouldn't bother going back to that store. 100%. And five bucks a pop as well, you know. It's, uh, even them, even the uh, Lego minifigures are getting up there these days. <laughs> Nothing's cheap. And if you buy them from an airport, it'll cost you seven. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> The premium. All right, Kmart, you've got our red card of the week. And coming up after that well-deserved fail is our discussion topic of the week. Spider-Man's getting ready to rumble. Oh, no, it's Doc Ock, Venom, and the Green Goblin. Fantastic action coming up. Take that, Green Goblin. Bam! Must get out of Venom's trap. Quack! Time to get out of here. Catch you later, Doc Ock. Brand new Spider-Man action figures. Out now. Well, the DC Comics juggernaut from Sideshow Collectibles continues to roll on true and strong with a plethora of product coming at us 
quite fast. And the latest addition in their premium format statue series is the one and only Harley Quinn. So for this episode, we're going to break down this little lady. And joining me is a very familiar voice, Mr. Scotty. Hello, how are we? Very well, very well. Good. So I'm not breaking mine down like as in a park, by the way, <laughs> just to clarify here. <laughs> no, I've been lucky that I, oh no, I have broken a statue, but anyway, that's a story <gasps> oh, for another day. Yeah. Mm. We should do a um, discussion topic on that sometime. It would mostly be sobbing. That's um, right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yes. Well, this, uh, as I said, this little lady turned up for me, and I assume she's turned up for you. Yeah. And so we're going to talk about this in detail, but I have to tell you, the first and most impressive thing was the size of the box. As in, yeah, like the reverse Batman box. Yeah. <laughs> it was a welcome relief to see this <laughs> tiny little box sitting on my uh, my front doorstep when I got home. And uh, after getting Batman, Superman, and before that I got the um, Indiana Jones Pursuit of the Ark. Oh, and, my. Uh, three gigantic boxes. And fortunately, Sideshow have managed to squeeze um, this gal into a, a box that's a fraction of the size of those. So the uh, the freight costs were considerably reduced as well. <laughs> so. Yeah, I I'm, was actually really surprised, be, particularly because, um, you know, the premium format boxes are always um, of a decent size. And then having had Batman, which was just the most enormous box of anything <laughs> I've ever seen, this one, you know, for a moment I kind of thought, have I been sent the right thing? Yeah, um, because yeah. it was just so small. Yeah. And look, to be fair, you know, it's, it's not tiny by any means. Well, you know, for no. those people who aren't familiar, and maybe this is your first episode of the podcast, uh, premium format scale is generally quarter scale. So you're, you know, you are looking, well, okay, let's get to it and say that this statue is actually 21 inches tall. Uh, which is 53 and a half centimetres for those in, well, 99% of the world. Uh-uh. Um, so, you know, that's, that's quite considerable. That's her standing on a base. Um, and this uh, item was released in 2014, and as with most of these collectibles, they're solicited some time ago. But um, they seem to be coming on so thick and fast that I just, uh, you know, it, it felt like sort of last week that we pre-ordered this one, and she's suddenly here. Yeah. Um, I think that, it, obviously, it really reflects um, the unpredictability of the production process with these things, um, mm. because obviously, you know, you would... Uh, ideally not want um, releases this close together. You know, really, when you think about it, Batman, Harley Quinn, Superman, which is the, the exclusive is already out of that. You know, if you are invested in this whole line, that's a lot of money um, to, ha- even if you're flex paying, you've still got shipping to deal with, which for us is uh, considerable, particularly when, the, you know, it's the size of a piano like Batman. Um <laughs> The, you know, so, uh, but I think as we, uh, one thing that I've certainly gleaned from just some of the interviews and chats that we've done over the time of the show is that how little control to, you know, uh, some degree that these companies have over when this stuff actually gets completed. Um, and then obviously once it does, they don't have the, uh, storage space, etc., to uh, just hang on to them to space them out, so they have to ship them. Yeah. Um, but you know, this one was obviously lighter on the shipping budget. Certainly lighter. Uh, my, um, I get all these delivered to work, and where I work now is up three flights of stairs. <laughs> um, and uh, the Batman 
um, adventure was uh, well. Actually, thankfully, I work with a bunch of Gen Y young software developers who, um, you know, I can get to do things for me. Like, oh, could you carry that box? <laughs> uh, but I was able to carry Harley down the stairs by myself. Yeah. 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 Yes. This was a nice and uh, an easy one. Yep. Yes. And part of the main, I mean, part of the main reason why the box was much smaller is because the base is quite small for uh, a premium format, really. Yes. Yeah. Certainly, I'll, I'll get to that later because that was mm. a bit of a surprise. Mm. But, um, well, look, you know, we'll start off with the the packaging and being a, a premium format statue. This one's fairly straightforward. It comes in your traditional cardboard box with the um, the split styrofoam um, box or, or trays. Um, in terms of the actual packaging, nothing really fancy here, but. Um, from what I can tell, uh, there's some cons- consistency with um, the the Poison Ivy one. So the the Gotham City sirens, the the box features um, sort of a you know a control art picture of of Harley. Um, Sides so don't seem to go for any real consistency amongst their their packaging. Unlike Bowen, you, you've got that sort of really standard look and feel to, to every bow and box whereas um i mean you know with sideshow you really just don't know what you're going to get when you first take it out of that brown shipper that it comes in does that do, how do you feel about that do you look to be honest I, i'm really not that fast i no. thought um <clears throat> every now and then i'm pleasantly surprised um like i was with the uh, the deadpool premium format statue in terms of um them making the box sort of to be you know, styling it almost as if it was representative of his torso, like it had a belt that, you know, a bandolier that went around it. Hmm. Um, but for the most part, I just don't really care one way or another. I mean, you know, it's not like the, the only time I'll actually look at the box ever again is when I get it out to put her back. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it could, be a, it could literally just be a black cardboard box for all I care. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, I think that the uh, whoever does the art um, for this stuff has a fair bit of leeway um and, and I, it doesn't really bother me like i think that um i i do feel that sometimes there's a lot that goes into them like the batman box for example um you know is a uh, I, I think really beautiful um with just those the bats and that design that sort of thing and then sometimes it's just a more straightforward bit of art and that's okay too so this is inspired by the artwork of Stanley Art Germ Lau, who also did the control art for Poison Ivy, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, also for the upcoming Catwoman mm-hmm. premium format statue, which is um, good news because it means we get consistency, that sort of consistent look and feel across the gals, which uh, I quite like, and uh, I, I'm very keen for Catwoman. That's a discussion for another time. Mm-hmm. And... Um, one of the, actually, I was looking uh, here at the uh, the people that are responsible for sculpting this piece, and it is Steve Schumacher and Pasquale Wawo, uh, neither of which I've ever heard of. No, so. Sideshow's got a, a bigger, um, you know, a, a fairly big team. There are some consistent uh, names that you hear, but that is mm. not them. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on. Um, this is a limited edition, as are most of the um, the premium format statues. Uh, I picked up the exclusive version, which has uh, a limited edition of seventeen fifty. Um, although you know, one thousand seven hundred fifty doesn't sound like too much of an exclusive. And <laughs> I've noticed that with the DC statues so far, that the numbers have actually been pretty big. Well, yeah, I think it just reflects the popularity um, of them, doesn't it? The um, Batman, I think the exclusive was 2000 and the uh, regular was 7,500. 7,500, that's a lot. 
Yeah, yeah, huge. Um, I have the regular Harley, and I honestly don't know what number it is or how many, <laughs> and I really don't feel like picking her up in my current um, desk setup here. Because we're not. This isn't the episode where we cry over broken things. No, no. Um, uh, that's bad research on my part. I apologize. Well, no, very good. Well, mine is one number one hundred and seventy, and this piece will set you back three hundred and sixty US dollars. And um, she is still around, so have a bit of a look at your uh, favourite e-tailer, and you'll. Um, you, you should be able to track her down. Um, well, I guess, look, let's just move on and get straight to it and talk about the sculpt. Um, you know, Harley Quinn, since she came onto the scene, um, all those years ago, uh, has, I guess, had a pretty sort of consistent, um, look about her. People like to go for that, that zany, crazy kind of feel. Um, you know, the, the, the big gun and the cork in the end or the hammer and that sort of thing. And, uh, I think that's pretty consistent here. Um, but, um, I think they've gone for a pretty good mix of quirky, um, fun. She's got that sort of, um, that, that grin that has a hint of craziness. Um, I think all over in terms of just the, like the, the pose, I'm actually really happy with her. Oh, absolutely. I think it's, uh, um, I, I like that they've gone with the mallet because that's obviously the most striking, uh, of her, you know, weapons, etc. And I think that the over the shoulder, um, structure, although I do have a bit of a issue with, with the logistics of it, um, uh, yes. <laughs> yes, is, is the right, um, look because it, uh, it, it definitely makes it striking. Um, and, uh, we've seen statues of the mallet, you know, used differently. And this is something new again. Um, so the idea of the over-shoulder thing I'm happy with. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we've got this sort of fun pose where she's standing with this gigantic mallet uh, across the back of her shoulders. Um, one thing I was very impressed with was the way one of her hands is just kind of, you know, lightly resting on the hammer. Um, she doesn't sort of have it, you know, we, we sort of in both fists ready to use it. She looks like she's a bit of a, a relaxed, you know, maybe she's just beating someone senseless with it. So she's got that, that sort of... Um, but see, that's my... <clears throat> issue with it is that it is like when you uh have a look at that she's got she's holding the end of the mallet the handle in her left hand with pinky raised very cute but then the uh it's the other side is sitting just against the the uh front of her wrist um and not being held and you kind of think how is she supporting that there you well, know she she must... it's across the back of her neck like it's resting on the back of her shoulder oh, okay yeah i don't know i don't, I, I just i i'm distracted by it because i kind of feel like that hand there is either needed to be kind of draped over it a bit more or it kind of looks like there's something missing from it either that or she's like you know making like, you know, talking noises with her hand, and that's obviously <laughs> hard to... Um, yeah, I don't think they've nailed that. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I think... <clears throat> I mean, something else that's a, a little 
interesting with this one is we generally talk about the sculpt and so we focus on uh, quite a number of areas and in this particular instance you know you've got this gorgeous face sculpt but <clears throat> she's almost entirely covered in a bodysuit and we've talked about uh, premium format statues in the past and how um, one of the you know the, the main I guess attractions to the premium format was the uh, inclusion of material, uh, whether it was sort of faux, faux leather or uh, spandex or something like that. Um, but then we talked about recently how that isn't such um, an, an important inclusion, and we've seen premium format statues that don't feature any, like the um, the Hal Jordan Green Lantern. But um, but Harley is is covered pretty much from you know neck to ankle in an actual cloth bodysuit. Yep. What I really like about this is that the uh, sculpted elements, um, her her cuffs and her collar are sculpted, um, yeah. and the co- the collar in particular I wasn't necessarily expecting to be, but I really like that it is. I think it adds something to the kind of mixed media feel. Yeah. It's not just a a, a cloth outfit, but the bodysuit um, is. And the other thing that I think is really impressive about this is that, um, although I have a bit of an issue with this pose in that her, uh, this, it, with, I'm talking legs here. Her, her legs kind of come together in a rather rubbery, um, pose that kind of makes, her look triple jointed. Um, uh, but, and, but her knees, um, which are basically touching are actually not sculpted together. They're separate. Um, and I know this cause I actually passed a Starbucks gift card through it just to see, cause I really seriously thought, um, wow, are they joined together? And they've managed to get this fabric, uh, outfit around that i can just see whoever had to dress these going thank you so much for putting those legs so close together um that would not be easy yes and you would almost have to think because there's no zip at the back of this that you know she almost would have to be sewn in (laughs) quite possibly to this you know really when you look at that like it's not a it would not be a straightforward assembly process um because she doesn't have detachable arms um she uh so i mean her hands are part of the mallet that's right um and so they come on later so you know you get the sleeves over but you know she's she's not articulated she's posed and quite posed both in terms of bent arms and uh legs um practically together that would have been a huge job to actually get her into that outfit absolutely and i don't know about you but it's um I thought it was a quite clever piece of engineering because did you put the head on first and then attempt to put the um the the mallet on? No. Oh, okay. You must have read the instructions, or no. you, you just lucked into it. I'm just smart, Ben. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's quite interesting that um because the the hammer is obviously a separate piece, but the hands are actually joined to the the mallet, mm. and so when you first get her out, you've got this you know this entire torso with these um arms that just finish at the wrists. And, uh, and her hands are, are stored elsewhere. And so, you know, I naturally took the head out and checked it out and, and popped it on and then went to put the, uh, the mallet in place with, you know, and attaching the hands and then realized it wouldn't actually go on past the head. So the yeah. head has to come off. And, yes. Her, um, um her, 
left. Oh, what are they called? The little balls on the end of the. Yeah, the pom pom. The pom pom. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Her left pom pom um, rests, basically, like nearly rests on top of the handle of the mallet, um, and the and the right one actually does rest on um, her uh, chest. So it, it's really, really cleverly done. Yeah, yeah, it is absolutely. Although phys- I think physically impossible to actually hold it up in that way with not holding onto the other side, but I'm going to let it slide. <laughs> well, now in theory, you've got her pulling with it on the left, with the left hand, and then you've got the weight of the head of the mallet on the right, and if it's balanced across the back of her shoulders. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Moving on. All right, well, you know, <laughs> let's talk about the paint, which is... Um... No, let's argue more about the melt. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I'm just Sorry, just before we go on to the paint, the other thing that's worth pointing out here is that while her outfit is fabric, the little... Uh, ruffles? No, the ruffles are sculpted, but the, the diamonds in the opposite oh, colour yes. are actually vinyl. Or like you know, mm. some sort of transfer luck. So I mean, I'm probably much easier than to sew it on. Uh, and I was also interested when she came packed that there were specific little um, bits of paper over those. Um, mm. I guess to keep mm. them from sticking to something else. Yep. So it will be interesting to see how they age. Um, I you know I would hope that I don't we don't eventually see them starting to peel off. Yeah, yeah, and, and they even feel odd to touch. It's almost like there's a, they're sticky but not sticky, and you you know you're conscious of not catching them with the edge of a, a nail or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, and uh, mine, the, the black ones, the black on red ones, on mine, I are not uh, attached. They're not adhered very symmetrically. Um, no, my top one looks like it's got a bit of a lean to the left. Yeah, well, mine too. Maybe it is symmetrical. I don't know. Like maybe they've. Uh, yeah, it doesn't quite work for me. Um, you know, I mean, I think that that's obviously a really hard thing. Uh, and um, when you look at the uh, uh, <coughs> six, the the one six scale Harley, which I reviewed on a previous show, um, they've used the same sort of idea of how to get those on. Um, but yeah, my, my black on red diamonds are not very nicely arranged. I have to say it's slightly awkward. Yes. Well, moving on to paint and, uh, there's not a lot of it. Um, (laughs) in fact, the majority of the paint is either on the base or it's on the, the mallet. Um, now, I mean, I guess probably a bit remiss not to mention the base. Um, I, I actually love the base. Now that I, I look at it, I didn't really pay much attention when I first, uh, got it out, but, um, I, you know, I just sort of popped it down. You, you've seen enough of these pedestal bases over the years that I didn't really sort of pay much attention. But now that I'm sort of, you know, I've been staring at it the last 10 minutes, um, you know, it's, it's a couple of inches high and it's got a fairly sort of simple decoration using a, a series of masks, I guess, you know, playing up the whole Joker theme with the, um, the, the theatre of pain type thing. But the actual top of it is um, sort of a simulated wood base, uh, a wooden floor. Uh, not quite sure why they've gone with that particular book. But, um, uh, I think it's – I kind of took it as like a stage – you know, type yeah. thing, and the and the, Har- the the Harlequin, you know, gesture um, thing. I, I don't know really why, but that's just how I read it. 
Yeah, it's certainly beautifully sculpted and it's beautifully weathered. So I guess starting there with the paint, they've made a pretty good effort to um, bring out that that wood uh, feel. It's uh, it looks like a, a very aged wooden floor, um, as does the mallet head. You've got a, a real feel that that um, that I guess what was originally a cylindrical sort of head of the mallet has been worn down. Mm-hmm over time and um, has, has certainly got its fair share of, um, you know, scratches and grooves and, um, you know, weathered wood to it. Um, and even so, the, um, the handle as well, I notice, has got quite a lot of detail. Um, it's not just a, you know, a single rod. It's um, got a slight, um, you know, warpage to it. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's really nicely done. Yeah, but um, the one I guess that I was the most afraid of was the face. Uh, I remember seeing when it was first solicited the amount of detail in the face and, you know, a lot of statue manufacturers um, have had their ups and downs in terms of that detail. I know uh, there were a lot of people disappointed with the premium format Rogue, Hmm. Um, but uh, I have to say they nailed it. Oh, this one smashing and when you look at this uh face there is a lot that could have gone wrong because you've got the uh line between her face and the uh gesture hat yep. you've got the lines around her uh domino mask yep. um you've got she's got sculpted teeth and gums yes um yes. and lips hell of a lot that could have gone wrong mine's perfect it is it is i when i noticed the i mean obviously the red lips stand out and the white teeth <clears throat> the white teeth pardon me but then obviously you see the pink gums you sort of think that there's any number of opportunity there to accidentally swap the red from the lips onto the gums or even the teeth or yep. you know vice versa yeah but she's even got really heavy mascara on and they've done the most incredible fine detailed sort of eyelashes um and and they've just done a really stunning job they've got a real smoky feel Mm. um and there's just there's virtually no slop it really is amazing the eyes to me almost look like uh glass doll's eyes they do like that's they're so nicely done that when i first looked at it i really had to stop and go are those like you know glass or, you know, plastic inserts into this sculpture, or are they actually painted? Yeah, yeah. and they've got um, nicely applied the, the doll dots that uh, I know some are a fan of and some aren't, but these are, are subtly done in a way to simulate the reflection. Uh, uh, uh. What is interesting, though, is um, obviously the boots that she's wearing. She's got her little um, pixie slipper no boots on um and they are you know black and red to um uh what do you call it the opposite of what the color of her leg but um they've done some really subtle shading on the black so this goes for the the hat as well it's not just black paint um mm, some mm, subtle right. shading just to take some of the um i guess the the you know the bang out of it. Um, same goes for the red. It's just, a, again, a subtle shading. It's not really a wash. It's more of sort of a, I guess, a bit of an airbrush, dry brush type feel. Um, yeah, which is actually nice. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, you are, I like as well that the white of her face is quite different from the white paint that they've used on the sculpted costume bits like you know it's a it's really um 
adds something to the sense of texture. There's so many different um, finishes here. You've got, you know, quite you've got lots of matte finishes, but then some really shiny, like her, her <clears throat> mask is quite shiny. Yeah. Um, but then you, you've got that shading on the, you know, what's meant to be black fabric as well. So mm. it is, you know, what I, I think it's something that's really true. And I would put Batman in this category as well to what I felt always thought that the spirit of the premium formats was meant to be about. Absolutely. You know, was that, that it was this mixed media idea and where, you know, they've really put thought into, you know, what's sculpted and what's not. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's certainly become a much more unpredictable element and but i think it takes away some of the the pieces where they've just gone for full sculpting etc um you know it it, it's it loses something in comparison when you look at just the depth if this was all painted um you know what you would lose yeah absolutely all right well you know we've uh, we skirted around it we've tried to avoid it we can't not talk about it anymore let's talk about the nipple in the room <laughs> don't you mean the nipples <laughs> well i have to say that i this is a, this was a um real worry for me because if depending on the like, they're highly visible in the photos there's no way there's no way to get past those nipples in the in the photos and but i knew that if they were really obvious on display that this would be i'd have to hide it um and uh but while while when you look on you look at her face on like uh, she's on the desk right now and i'm looking straight at her um the red one in particular is whoa that's a nipple um where because I've got mine up like they're on top of some det- IKEA Detolfs. Um, when you look up, no nipple. Yeah, and I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess a, a question then: hmm. do, you, do, you, do you think it's necessary? Like, no. Do you, do you think it, it? I mean, I, I'm trying to understand why the sculptor chose to go this way. Um, I can appreciate a good female form but i don't know that if 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 this was nippleless i wouldn't be sitting there going gosh this would have been perfect except if she had nipples yeah um i just i don't, I don't feel that it really adds no and see deal. this is the thing that annoys me about this stuff is that the like it's it's sexy enough and it is you know take poison ivy as an example the you know i've i've complained a lot about that her bare midriff which just makes no sense mm. um has no real comic reference and is only there to sh- for the sake of showing more skin mm. and to me this is the same it's like oh well we can't really do anything to her costume to show more skin yeah. um and so let's i i just don't I, it's really yes it's really unnecessary yeah, yeah. really unnecessary yeah, yeah. So one of the things that I guess that's oh, I think takes a little bit away from the piece for me is the the the, the bodysuit is incredibly well executed, and and I wonder if this is about as well as they could possibly do it. But 
it, it suffers a little bit from uh, what I guess some people had um, problems with the Batman premium format statue, and that is it doesn't quite cling as well as it could um, okay. in some areas. So, for example, under her left arm, you, you find that it doesn't actually sit right up um, tightly under her armpit. There's actually a little bit of slack. Um, okay. I found there's a little bit of slack in her lower back. If you if yep. you reach around, you'll find that it doesn't actually adhere to her lower back. So if you sort of pose her side on, you, you lose some of that that shape. Um, and so there's a few spots here and there where it just doesn't quite, you know. Um, Do you mean yeah. that it behaves kind of like normal clothing, as opposed yeah. to comic book clothing? That's exactly right. <laughs> so it doesn't quite contour. But what's interesting is it's actually. I think the finished product is superior to the promo shots. I agree. I was about to say that, actually. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I agree totally. If you have a look at some of the promo shots, there's, there's quite a lot of drapery in the costume, particularly around her, um, uh, around her ribs, mm. uh, under her arms. It's, it's quite, um, you know, you really see that, that, that drapery happening, which uh, isn't in the finished piece. So um, I know there was quite a bit of a, a furore in regards to the Batman piece because some people had um, the, the grey suit sort of coming significantly away from under his arm. Mm. So I think that's something that they're going to have to watch. It's it's not really obvious when, when you look at it until you actually start prodding and you realise that it could have been a bit tighter in some areas, but, um, you know, perhaps they're just working within the limits of why, the Why are we prodding? I, I hadn't done any prodding. I was, I was, a, oh, I've, I've prodded him now. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, um, again, I think that the, that this costume is a real achievement, particularly because of the, um, you know, the, the, the pose and the, uh, the challenge that it must have been to get this on. Um, you know, it's, a. Uh, uh, and uh, I, mine, I think, is pretty good in that regard. Like, I haven't done any prodding, but if I need to do prodding to see it, then I'm probably <laughs> good, you know. Like, um, but I think it is something that you know could be, would have been very challenging to do, and I, I think it's very nicely done. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, well, moving on, I guess, sort of towards wrapping it up. This obviously has no articulation, but um, in terms of accessories, um, there is actually an accessory with the exclusive version, and that is a swap out portrait. Mm-hmm. Now, swap out portrait. You think that must be exciting? Well, <clears throat> yeah, I guess it depends how you view it. Um, the swap out portrait for this figure is an unmasked Harley, and by unmasked, I mean she doesn't have her hat on or the domino mask, and she hasn't got any face paint uh, applied and so what you've got is you've got the blonde haired Harley whose hair is in ponytails um, so they sort of you know I guess represent the hat and she's got a bit of a uh, bit of a nasty look on her face and she's poking out her tongue mm-hmm. uh, now yeah look I think it's a clever idea and certainly the actual finished piece is beautifully done. Like it's um, just like the the regular head. It's it's very well executed. The paint is flawless. Uh, it's really really nicely done. But I just can't see myself ever displaying this statue with that head. No. Uh, it's it's as simple as that. Yeah. Um, I think a much nicer um, exclusive. I mean, I don't think there's much you could do with this besides a, a swap out portrait. But. Um, when you think about uh, the one of the things I love about the six scale sideshow Harley is that her 
uh, the Joker's hat, like the ears in it are actually articulated mm. um, and you can pose them up, down, sideways, etc. There's a lot that you could have done with that um, to actually give people a real display option. Because yeah. to me, I would never um, display that. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, because this is not the kind of thing that, <clears throat> you know, this is a $400 collectible going next to Batman, etc. You're not going to use that head. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and something that doesn't, you know, I, I wouldn't have known who that was. You, you know what I mean? Like, it just, if you, if you saw that on another figure, you yeah. wouldn't go, oh, that's Harley Quinn. So yeah. it's, it's beautifully sculpted. It's, you know, it's, it's perfectly executed in terms of the, um, design of it, but I just think it's a bad idea. Yeah. And, and what's interesting is given that the regular head has the big cheeky grin, um, I think the idea of the, the kind of the angry face with the tongue poking out is a good one. But why they didn't just do that in the, the costumed version? So you, you've got two costumed heads with two different expressions. Yes. And then give people the option of still displaying the costumed heads, just they can just choose their expressions. Yeah. So. Or as the um, Batman portraits, and obviously they're, they're, not, they're not the exclusive. They, Batman came with both of those. But it gives you – you get options then about the kind of vintage of Batman that you want to display. And certainly Harley has been around long enough that she has got – you could have come up with a couple of more iconic head sculpts that represented that, you know, for different eras or had one that was a bit more harking back to the animated or whatever. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting that um, – yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's uh... – yeah. Look, I think this is a, a fantastic follow-up to uh, Poison Ivy, and that means I'm even more excited about Wonder Woman and Catwoman. Yes. Um, uh, I believe Steve Schumacher has actually sculpted the the Wonder Woman as well. Oh, wow. Okay. Which is, uh, which is very cool. So I look forward to that. Um, I don't think there's anything else I had to mention, except, I guess, wrapping it up with a good old-fashioned Dolly rating. Yes. I would be inclined. I'm going to give this an eight. Um, interesting. Yes. And the, for me, um, I'm taking something away for the nipples, um, because I really feel it's excessive and unnecessary. Um, and, uh, that just needed editing, I think. And then I'm taking a point away as well for the diamonds because mine are really pretty badly mm. applied. Um, so, I mean, I think this is a lovely piece, but yep. we're here to review something and to be critical. So that's my. Yeah. Which is interesting because uh, eight was also the Dolly rating I had in mind. Oh, we're practically twins. <laughs> that's there right. That's right. So, <laughs> yeah, look, I'm I'm taking away a point for the various costume snafus, um, which I think there could have been a, a bit more attention to detail on. Um, and you know, I think the the swap out portrait was a bit disappointing. Yeah. Um, I, I'm glad I've got it, but I will never display it. No. Uh, One thing to, uh, that. Sorry, sorry. This isn't um, part of the dolly rating. This is something I think just worth mentioning as well. Is now that uh, I've got this 
to add to Joker, Poison Ivy, Batman, Batman is really big. <laughs> like he he really he is feels really out of scale with these, and then particularly if you put Green Lantern in there as well, you oh. know he he just makes Green Lantern look. Just wait till you get Superman. Tiny, oh dear. Mm. Okay. How- Super- Superman gives uh, Batman a run for his money. Mm. Well, I guess at least they're on the same scale. But, um, you know, I, I think particularly in the idea of quarter scale, well, you know, that, and, you know, this, that's going to mean something. You know, these are obviously going to be displayed together. And, uh, I just don't quite get it. Like, I, or, to me, Batman and Green Lantern can't, really can't be displayed together. Mm-hmm. They're that, they're that out of whack with each other, um, you know, and that's a true, and and that's a real worry. Um, Poison Ivy, Joker, Harley work perfectly together, yeah. But um, you know, to, at the moment, like I need to do a bit of rearranging. Um, but you know, Batman to try and work out how to display them with Batman, so that you're not just totally distracted by how enormous Batman is in comparison to them, yep. you know, and not helped. Like he, even without his enormous base, he's just a much bigger figure. Yes. Um, yes. So yeah, I think that, that, that is a bit disappointing to me um, because th- these are obviously, so it'll be interesting to see where Catwoman fits into all of this too. Absolutely. And Sinestro too, because you know, you want to partner him with Green Lantern, but then is he also going to be significantly out of scale? Oh. Very good. Excellent. Well, that wraps up our discussion topic. Thank you very much for your assistance. My pleasure. Nice to visit. Indeed. Well, <laughs> we'll come back in a moment with some feedback before we wrap things up. Spike. And now, Spike, well, let's see how he then likes your... Skeletor, Spike Orr, and He-Man figures each sold separately. Spike No one can stop the spike-studded armor of the mighty Spike Orr. Not even me, you muscle-bound porcupine. Not even you, He-Man. Spike Orr is new from the Masters of the Universe collection. Other action figures each sold separately from Mattel. Well, if you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com, and you may just hear it read out. And that brings us to the end of this episode of the Action Figure Blues podcast. Gents, it's been fun. It's been lovely catching up. Thanks for having me. It has indeed. It has indeed. As my fellow podium, uh, what do you call it, fellow podium jockeys from the uh, Action Figure Blues custom competition. <laughs> yes, that's right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, opportunity. To One, two, well three. To Thank you very uh, much. His efforts. Man, that was, was, um, that was that was some tough competition. <laughs> I was hoping for second or third again. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just okay. can't believe I had to, how many email addresses I had to create to vote for myself seven times. <laughs> what the hell is that? Um, I got a good uh, good mention on Firestorm fan. Yes, he did. Well done. That was nice. So, yeah. so if I uh, if I do decide to do some more Firestorm villains, um, Shag from Firestorm fan is 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 a bit interested. So. Excellent. No so, pressure. Yeah, that clearly shows the uh, the problem I chose with my um, 
with my character because there aren't too many podcasts who do, you know, C-list Marvel mutants. <laughs> Good-looking ones, but. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right, guys. Let's say goodbye and uh, get together next week. Good night, Melbourne. Good night, uh, Argentina. Good night, Fort Wayne. <laughs> yes, Fort Wayne. <laughs> uh, treat that mankini well. <laughs> Good night. All right, bye. Bye. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigureblues.com by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter at AFBlues and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. 